You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time. Happy Martin Luther King's Day to everybody out there hanging out with us. Fellas, how y'all doing today? Y'all good? Yeah. I'm getting like a I'm getting like a Debo vibe from you with the I think it's just a shirt. The Debo the flannel? The shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah getting yeah, the yeah, Debo yeah, vibe yeah, from you because of flannel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be like both rounds, but we'll keep at my house, Nick. You know what I'm saying? You <laughs> got you. Man, I haven't watched that in a while. That's a good revisit right there, man. How y'all mm-hmm. feeling on this three-day weekend? Uh, weird weather in Florida right now, but I I, I don't well, mind man. the gloomy rain uh, down in South Florida. I don't know about you guys in Tampa and Gainesville, but how your three-day weekend been going so far? Yeah, this is, we were talking about it the other day. I think this is about the weirdest I've seen the weather in the winter be here in a while, right? I think there's El Nino going on. Um, We've also had a lot of very inopportune times when it rains, like it's been raining every weekend rather than just during the week. Uh, But it's gloomy, man. I lived in the Midwest for a couple years after college, Uh, swore to myself, got to get the hell out of here because I can't do the gloom and the overcast skies all the time. And it's here in Tampa right now, but uh it's a little chilly next week. Next Saturday is my birthday, so happy birthday to me. Um, yeah. High in Tampa is like 52 degrees next week, so I'm here for it. You're doing some fundraising yeah. like you do for your uh, birthday every year, right? Yep, yep, yep. yeah. We're raising money for the V Foundation uh, for my birthday, cancer research. So I uh, wanted to raise $1,000. We are at $1,020. So shout out to some listeners of this program for helping us get there. Uh, but we've raised... <laughs> I think about nineteen, eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars over the uh, the course of the last decade or so, raising money for my birthday. So um, appreciate all the listeners that uh, participate. I need to participate again this year. I try to participate every year. I get my uh, V Foundation emails uh, regularly from, from my donations to that, but uh, it's a great cause. Um, I think I, I don't know anyone that hasn't had cancer affect them or touch them in some way. Yeah. So, what, what uh, you guys do? A great way to give back on your birthday, though, Dan. I think that's dope, man. Oh man, appreciate that. Appreciate that. This year hits uh, hits closer to home. It's much closer to home this year. But uh, appreciate that. Uh, I'll put the link up, and so folks can uh, can share if they want. Um, Shout out to uh, Hurdle Twenty Five. Four inches of snow in counting wherever they are. Mm. So, um, Silk, you said you like the gloomy weather a little bit more. It's just Overcast. been too gloomy, like you said, man. It's been yeah. December, January. I was just telling my family this yesterday. It's the weirdest December and January I've ever seen as far as weather, man. It's like long stretches of continuing rain. Um, it's just affecting my outdoor life, man. You know, I like to get outside, walk some trails, and take mm-hmm. my son to work out. And it's just been just nonstop rain. But um, I'm overdosed on vibes right now. Now I need some sunlight and some sunshine. It's getting a little bit better today. We'll step out mm-hmm. and maybe grab a thing or two to eat and kick it with the family a little bit. No crazy plans, but definitely got to enjoy the, the day off from work and, and school from the wife and kids. Nick, what yeah. you got, man? 
I'm loving this weather, man. It is uh oh shoot, what is it right now? But it's like highs of 71, lows of lows of 49, 52 up here in Gainesville. It's 53 right now. This is just a beautiful time. I think uh baseball is gonna get out there, so I'm gonna have to bundle up, go watch some baseball this week. And uh but yeah, this is great. Other than the sun's not out. Like that's wild. Yeah. It's it feels yeah. like we're in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, a little bit with uh, you know the, the Seattle vibes, yeah, yeah. L- less uh, heroin on the ground, but anyway, um, <laughs> shout out to Portland. Let's uh, let's let's talk. So last Monday we had a great show. Uh, right after that, news about Ron Roberts comes out. Right, we thought that might be the biggest coaching news of the week. Right, then we get the national championship. We get Pete Carroll gets mm. moved into a uh, front office role and an advisor. Nick Saban retires and Bill Belichick gets kicked to the curb. Yeah, kick Bill to the curb. Yeah, See ya, Bill. No love lost from us. What 24 fans. hours. Yeah, what are your thoughts, guys? Uh, you know, a little little football talk before Gators talk. What is your what are your thoughts? Uh those three legendary coaches gone in like five business hours. Getting what, old, bro. Bill and Rick are both Bill and Rick. Bill and Nick are both what 72? Um or no, sorry, not Bill. Um Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. 72. Like if I'm 72 and I'm Pete Carroll, like I'm not trying to like hang around. Like I've I've made my money. Mm-hmm. See, like we're, we're just talking about like our seasonal depression here in Florida because there's no there's no sun. Like, listen, dog, I'm 72. I lived a really good life in Southern California. Let me go find some sun somewhere. Texas, Florida, California. I don't need to be up here mm. making GM decisions, but uh, I think it's a crazy – it makes me feel old, like Silk said. It's like it's like these are – Bill Belichick was at New England for 22 years. Mm-hmm. I'm 35, so like he showed up at 13 and ruined the NFL for me for the next 22 years. So good riddance later. Peace yeah. out. Um, but yeah, it's like a, a changing of the guard almost with like three massive figures from our life, uh, you know, thus far in pro and college sports. Nick Saban's the GOAT. Uh, do not do not envy uh Caitlin DeBoer De Beer, however you say it. Do not envy him. Um, you want to be the guy that follows the guy that follow the guy. Yeah, I mean, Nick Saban has ruined everything that I enjoy about football since he's been at LSU. <laughs> right? He won a national championship at LSU. Then he went to the Miami Dolphins. And ruined that. Ruined that. Said he wasn't leaving, then left in the middle of the night on a private plane. And then for the next 17 years, 16 yep. years, uh, ruined um, right. my Made Tim Tebow cry. Made Tim <laughs> Tebow cry. How could you Nick do that? Saban made Tim you know, Tebow cry. Gotta get him up out of here. But he's probably he's the he's the goat. Nick Saban is the best um college football coach, uh, certainly of our lifetime, mm-hmm. if not ever. Um yeah. and, and I think it'll be interesting now because uh, I had a kind of like a debate with um some friends in this group text, and they're like, Yeah, Alabama is just gonna keep recruiting. And I'm like, Nick Saban was Alabama, he transcended Alabama. There was 22 years between Bear Bryant, Bryant and Nick Saban. Nick Saban. And, and 
they won one championship in those 22 years. Nick Saban won six in 17. Like you're already seeing guys hitting the portal, leaving. Um, there's some some guys who are just recruits that are there that are slipping out of that recruitment. Like mm-hmm. I think Alabama's gonna have to learn about the the Citrus Bowl for a minute or two. Like welcome back, boys. Welcome back yeah. down into the stratosphere. Yeah, can't spell the ReliaQuest Bowl without. UA, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, just with the greatest two coaches like of of since I've like been following football, I would think like Bill Belichick in the NFL, Nick Saban college football. Pete Carroll had a great run in in both uh, yeah. college football and the NFL. But like just to speak on just like we getting old a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm with Nick on the whole Bama thing. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. I think it's interesting that Nick Saban is deciding to hang around the offices um, to whoever's coming. Some people think that's a good thing. I don't. You know, that's a little weird. You know, walking in the same hallways as the greatest college football coach at all t- of all time and trying to put your fingerprints and, and your your you know likeness and your ideas on the on this great historic program. So. It's gonna be tough. Um, I think they're still like wrestling with Georgia over uh, T. Rob here a little bit. Uh, I thought that was a, a, a done deal with T. Rob going to Georgia, but it seems like there's still a decision to be made there. So um, the transfer portal staff, there's a lot to be to be you know done for for this guy to have a. How do you say his name? DeBoer, DeBoer. I, I think it's DeBoer. DeBoer. Yeah. It's gonna be he he's got a lot of things to do to just to be successful because like Nick was saying, like we're talking about the Citrus Bowl, but ten and two, nine and three won't do it in Tuscaloosa. You think the Florida mm-hmm. fans have crazy expectations? Uh wait till this guy goes ten and two, uh I'll mess around and lose to Georgia week one. Like it's gonna be it's gonna get weird fast, man. But um like look look at Nick man. Saban. Just go to Nick Saban's Wikipedia. Like like he probably didn't even have to do much recruiting. Um shout out to Silk first off. Tweet went crazy. crazy. Like, Nick (laughs) retiring the same year as the Dodge Charger is not a coincidence, (laughs) man. I think that's just that's just God in his bag a little bit, bro. Nick was like, yeah, I probably should go out with my, my, you know, my greatest recruiting tool of all time. Um, (laughs) We'll see how it all plays out, but I think there's a lot to be, you know, done and and said in college football. It's, It's wide open right now, and you know, it's a lot of opportunity there, and especially with the transfer portal. A lot of their players hit the portal, um, and it's going to be interesting to see where they all land at. Isaiah Bunn mm-hmm. heads out to Texas. That was crazy to me. Um, and out of the blue, that he didn't waste any time. And there was reports that he didn't even give the new guy a, a phone call or opportunity. Yeah, I didn't answer him. the phone call, yeah. Right. So, you know, a lot he had, of things. He had a that, really cool interview, though. He said, listen, um, this is a move. This is a business decision. I am making a move to better my stock. And my business and my stock right now or my business is my draft stock and I'm going to Texas who has Quinn Ewers and a slew of guys coming back. I'm going mm-hmm. there because my business is my draft stock and I'm making a business decision. You know, oh, want to know something interesting that I, I don't think has been talked about, but if it was on the opposite foot, I think it would. Kalen DeBoer on his fourth school in five years. Mm. Hey baby, keep, keep winning. Keep going up. Some people fail upwards. Uh, he's winning up. That we'll see if he can recruit. Yeah. That's that's the thing for me is is the thing for me is everyone is saying and and I'm not totally disagreeing with Nathaniel Rogers in, in our comments. <clears throat> Alabama is a blue blood 
uh, in college football in my mind. But what I'm saying is college football is cyclical. Um, mm-hmm. They had a legendary Hall of Fame coach, and then they didn't for 22 years. They still won a national championship. It's really hard to win a national championship. They were also mm-hmm. on probation. They also had four win seasons and six win seasons, and they were just like everyone else. They just haven't been like everyone else, and it'll be interesting to see. Does Alabama and what Nick Saban built still get those same caliber kids and keep those same caliber kids at Alabama, or was it the program and what Nick Saban had built? Because I think it's the latter. I think kids were going Mm -hmm. to play for Nick Saban because Nick Saban won national championships and put guys in the first and second round. And now you have a program that has a lot of recent history and a lot of recent success with a totally different direction and a direction and leader that they haven't had in 17 years. So I'm not saying Alabama's cooked, they're done. College football is just cyclical. Like, listen, Florida was the bee's knees in the 90s and then had a couple years off and then – was the center of the college football universe. And then it's been bad for 15 years and Florida will get it figured out and they'll come back up. Mm-hmm. FSU had a lost decade with Bobby Bowden uh, and then came back and won a national championship with Jimbo Fisher, college football cyclical. Um, mm-hmm. And and I'm, and I'm thinking that Alabama is about to be on the other end of that right now. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's hard to stay on top and I'm with you as well. Like player acquisition and retaining talent is going to be key. Uh, well, I think this guy can coach. He's won everywhere he was at. Um, it's just a different league in the SEC, and relationships matter. Like like Nick Saban's reputation uh, speaks for itself in the South, in the college football altogether, but um, a lot of players gave him the benefit of the doubt in a lot of ways that I don't think they'll give this guy, and you can see yeah. that a little bit in the transfer portal. Like, guys, uh, you know, the, the top-tier talent, you could be able to coach, but if like the biggest thing Alabama has been able to do since Nick Saban has been there, is out recruit absolute everybody, and mm-hmm. and they if you got more talent and a good coaching staff, then you see the results. But just being able to coach get you Dan Mullen. It don't get you Nick Saban. You know, being able to recruit and coach keeps you at the top. And so far, right now, that's probably gonna be Kirby Smart. I know we don't want to hear that as Gator fans, but uh, mm-hmm. Kirby's big dog right now. You know, and and another thing too, which I'm sure it's not been reported anywhere. Um, the Alabama media is kind of like, listen, don't bite the hand that feeds you. We'll see if they get some more teeth with, with a new coach. Um, but when Nick Saban left LSU to go to Miami, I remember hearing a story. I think it was Channing Crowder told it where like Vernon Carey was in year 13 and year one, Nick Saban's like, didn't like what was going on at practice. Hey, we're doing wind sprints. And Vernon Carey just walked off the field. And Nick Saban loses his mind. And Vernon Carey just like looks at him and is like, you can just talk to my agent. And his agent had written into his contract because he's a 10-plus year veteran. Like, hey, we're not doing any extra running or conditioning after practices. That's a no. And like that was from an LSU in the 90s, uh, you know, early 2000s being like, hey, you – don't even ask me how high when I tell you to jump. You should know, and you should be in the air before the pee comes out of my mouth. Pause. Mm. Um, Yo. That was nuts. Sorry. Sorry. It was like the TV guy the other day that talked about riding the pee. You know? Um, But you're getting getting more towards that now. You don't have that same level of control over the guys. And and if I'm Nick Saban, Mm -hmm. I'm 72. I've done all this, like – Sure, I, I 
I, I want to continue doing things, but we've moved into an area where this is now being run and the players have the kind of the control that the professional players did. And I ran away from that because I can't run the program I want to run to have it be as successful as it needs to be if I don't have complete control like I do in college. And you don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's two things too. I think like here's one thing. Like I think when Nick Saban just retired, it's kind of weird and, and and not normal, right? Uh, retiring in January at this time of the year isn't ideal for a hiring situation. Mm-hmm. Even though they were able to make some things happen, but it's not an ideal situation. Uh, me and me and Dan both had tweets out there mentioning about the fit of the new coach in Alabama, um, and I think that is a thing. Um, I think p- people automatically went to Nick Saban wasn't you know a cultural fit or from the south or from Alabama or SEC um, but they're disregarding his time at LSU he mm-hmm. was uh went to LSU and was given some time he had some eight and four some eight and five like those records but he had the grace in that time period to be able to learn the league to adjust himself to build relationships regarding to recruiting you know, all of that matters. Then he goes to the Dolphin. Of course, he wins a natty at, at LSU. Then he goes mm-hmm. to the Dolphin and come back to the league that he's already built a coaching tree, relationships with. You know, you got the Jimbo Fishers and and, and the the Must Champs and everybody else else off of that tree. But mm-hmm. he he had time to be able to build his resume into the South and, and into this league and and able to do some things. But it's a different time. Like the players, fans. Everybody around the game now, you got to win right away or you're out. And that's why I think like 10 and 2, 9 and 3, those type of seasons won't keep him around. He has to win fairly fast in the next two, three years or Bama fans are going to be uneasy and want championship quality results. And that's just what it is. If you think Florida fans, we're not the only rabbit fan base. Now you're about to see what how, how, how Alabama handles well, not was- being at the top. Someone on our message board said something to Keith Niebuhr. So Keith grew up in Florida, went to the University of Florida, uh, but has covered Auburn for the last decade prior to coming and joining us at Gators Online. And someone was like, sorry, you have to deal with us. We're crazy, Keith. And Keith was like, buddy, I I just spent a decade in Alabama. Uh, and between Auburn fans, Alabama fans, he's like, you guys are fine. <laughs> not not, right. not much. We're talking about – they killed a they killed a tree, Silk. They killed a <laughs> hundred something yeah, year yeah, yeah. old. Yeah. You were so mad about a football game and you went and poisoned a tree that people love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah rest rest in peace to Harvey. I, I, don't, think, and I, don't think, I don't think Nick Saban left because of NIL. I think like it'll come out later why he left, but I think it's more personal reasons why he retired so abruptly. You don't retire abruptly because NIL. NIL didn't just drop in January of 2024. Yeah, I think there was a, personal reasons. There was a story on 247 that said that like he was that morning um, conducting interviews, like looking mm-hmm. to fill his staff out. So um, I hope it's not like a, a, a health thing. Um, uh, I remember talking to somebody who was like close to Steve Spurrier <clears throat> uh, when Steve was still in South Carolina. And he was like, yeah, I think a lot of these coaches like Bear Bryant died months after um, he retired. And, and there was like a thought that like, Hey, once you, you have a purpose being a coach and, and doing this work. And like, once you don't have that same purpose anymore in retirement that like these guys can't handle it. So the abruptness, you know, I, I just hope it wouldn't be something, you know, um, like, uh, went to the doctor, yeah. got the news and had to retire. Right. Yeah. And obviously it's something that they probably knew 
about before the, the news broke, right? Because they announced it, what, on Wednesday? And they yeah. were yeah. in Washington Wednesday night on the private plane. Uh, those kind of things don't just happen, you know, with a, a an hour's notice, right? So I am curious to see it. I wonder if, you know, maybe there were some conversations about, hey, we, we could have a guy that could be a successor, somebody that they felt comfortable with. Um, it could be bad news or it could just be, hey, I'm fed up. I'm not going anywhere, right? Like he's still going to work there and then he can kind of slowly move on, right? But sometimes it depends on who the successor is, uh, but we don't know. So um, Mike M said, what do you think of the Reese Davis interview? Um, did you guys watch that? No. 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 So he interviewed him the next day. Uh, pretty interesting. He asked him the question about interviewing staff members. He didn't like 100% say you know, yes, I was, or no, I wasn't. But uh, it's kind of the idea that that something clicked and that he had to maybe make a decision. So I don't know if Greg Byrne is trying to create some succession planning, create what the future looks like, or, hey, there's somebody, right? And Jimmy Sexton's their agent, right? So maybe Jimmy Sexton is having some some other conversation. He goes and, and gets all of his other guys, Mike Norvell, Dan Lanning, all these guys that never apparently interviewed for the job raises. But there might have been a, hey, we do have somebody that we believe could be the successor and he's available today and he might not be available in a year from now or two years from now. Or maybe his star is not going to be as high uh, in a year or two in Washington. Obviously, everybody's leaving. Um, you know, So do we go grab him now? So I don't know. But there was definitely some interesting commentary in there and encourage you guys to, to, to watch it. I got to check that out. Uh, Jed Fish takes the uh, the the Washington job and that, that kills a lot of coaching boards and Gator Twitter and whatnot. Um, I think he takes on a, a task in Washington that's like not like not normal, right? You take on the runners up of the national championship and but the, the roster is depleted. You know, like everybody votes. So he 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 pretty much inherits a rebuild. Um on surface it looks like a good job and a great opportunity. And I know Washington is gonna give him a lot of support. A good program out there, but um, he's definitely got to go acquire some talent as well because he, all of his players are bolting. Uh, but what do you think about Jed Fish going to Washington, leaving Arizona? I think bunch, I think paying him nine Florida Gator fans, a bunch of new Florida yeah, Gator, I, Washington Husky fans. Yeah, I'll time. tell you what, man. I think paying nine sheets to Jed Fish after one good season is a lot of sheets of paper to pay uh, Jed Fish right now. Yeah. It's gonna be Sorry. interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, but Bloody. I think no, go ahead. Let me see go that. Ahead, let me see that. Uh, let me see that buyout clause. In that and, and this is this is we another reason. No, buyout clause that, no, 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 not no, no. It, 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 my favorite job would be fired football coach. That's like I would I would love to be at O. So I know million. Washington's going to get twelve and a half million, I think, from Alabama mm. for. Um, DeBoer, I know so less less than one year of paying fish and his staff. So yeah. Bama's not well, and paying. they had to pay the buyout at Arizona, which I think was five and a half million. If the if, if those numbers are right, um, this is why I hate the the calendar, right? Because all yeah. of this stuff happens, and then all of these players had the opportunity to enter the transfer portal. Those that didn't stayed, now there's like a thirty day open window for your folks at Washington, Alabama, Arizona, whoever Arizona is going to hire. There's this like domino effect of these 30 day windows. Um, but that doesn't mean that the same opportunities are going to be available 
for those, mm-hmm. you know, the, for those kids and those individuals. And I hate it because I want the idea that players commit to a school and not a coaching staff is just not like a lot of people committed to play for Nick Saban. They didn't commit to play at the university of Alabama. Right. So right. that's why I can't, you know, criticize anybody who says, Hey, I wanted to be coached by this guy and his coaching staff and they're no longer there. So like Isaiah bond or somebody else, like, Hey, I might go yeah. somewhere else. What? I, I mean, we're, we're seeing that like, no, what Florida Gator. And, and I don't want to rehash this too much, but like what Florida Gator would go t- and transfer to Georgia or Florida state. Like these are business moves. The, the guys aren't committing probably let's let's more than 85% of guys are not committing because they've loved the university of Florida their whole life. And they've always wanted to be a Gator. Maybe miles Graham, you know, legacies like that fall yeah. into that. Um, but like, that's yeah. not what it is. Uh, I mean, Deontre Robinson, uh, a defensive lineman that Florida was in on it for, um, he gets to Texas. All of a sudden, Bo Davis leaves. He's going to LSU. And now we're, we're I'm reading reports like Deontre Robinson wants out. He didn't, love texas he didn't grow up you know in orlando florida hooking him he really liked a school he really liked a coach had a great yeah. relationship with the coach i wanted to go and play for this coach and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that um fans just but, haven't adjusted to to new college football like they're not from our era and like, they grew up gator fans and fanatics of these schools and programs like they're making business decisions so when they decide to go to a Georgia, fans are like, oh, how could he go to Georgia or Richard Leonard that just went to Florida State? How could he go to Florida State? Because these guys aren't built like our generation was built. This is built mm-hmm. more around business decisions and like you either grasp it or you don't. But this is going to be a normal thing. Like, And it's, it's not just our programs. Like As, as you can see, yeah. uh, Georgia is about to lose a coach and players to Alabama. Like Clearly, that's a, a, a SEC rivalry right there that players don't care about all they care about is nil business nfl who's coaching them it's all business for them it's not the hoorah fan stuff Mm -hmm. and and to like og to og black's point there in the comments dan like if billy napier gets fired after this year would be would almost be more surprised if dj lagway stays Stays. right yeah Um, Yeah, i mean time after time has said i love billy napier love him Want to be developed yeah. by him. I love Ryan O'Hara. Want to be developed by him. And if you fire Billy Napier, yeah, I don't think the whole roster, right? Yeah, Not just Lagway. The the whole roster. Kevin Collins likely goes to Bama or somewhere like that where he's <laughs> from, and it's a better business decision. Like you, seriously, like all these guys are gonna go explore and, and go get more money, compete for championships. They're not married to the University of Florida logo. So when you do make these coaches changes, whether it's position or mm-hmm. especially at the top, like, of course, tampering is going to go on and players going to make the absolute best decision. If it's Georgia or Florida State, then you guys can, you know, cry in their parents' men- mentions and, and go all nuts. But nothing's going to stop, man. This is just college football in 2024, bro. Grow up. Absolutely. Uh, we've got a super chat here. JP, happy new year, gentlemen. It's a good year for the Gators to win some football games. Hey, eh? we'll find out, you know, uh, we've got eight months to decide <laughs> if it's going to be a good year or not. Uh, remember just say no to being a weirdo. 
be a fan, support the guys. It's great to be a Florida Gator. Thanks, JP. Appreciate you every time you give us JP's a super pack because you have the greatest JP's profile picture. picture gets me every time. Uh, that, that picture is wow. That picture is NBA <laughs> young nuts. boy Billy Napier some shit, man. Bro, I, bet, I bet there is some multiple people that have the Jordan logo tattooed on their face somewhere. No, no way. No. There has to be. Uh, has to be. No. I'll like do some to. quick research. There's how much be- how much money would the Jordan brand have to pay you to put that Jordan logo right above your left eye? Oh, not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> like a couple million, you know, like it won't it won't be too much, bro. I'll, I'll put a tad up there for a couple of mil, you know, get my little Wayne on. <laughs> yes, fragrance, smash that like button. Uh, let's get a quick uh, ad read here. We are uh, proud to, to continue to announce our uh, partnership with Lucy.co. That's Lucy.co forward slash stadium and get our forward slash stadium. Pardon me. Uh, if you are looking to up your nicotine pouch game, look no further than the Lucy breaker pouches. Uh, it's a traditional nicotine pouch with a, a, a flavor uh, breaker in there so you can get some uh, increased flavors uh that will allow you uh, to have the the taste and um the enjoyment of the flavor of nicotine that you are looking for so if you are looking for mint mango berry citrus apple cider uh, apple ice espresso whatever it might be go take a look at lucy they have two different uh flavor or pardon me two different amounts uh, of nicotine per pouch they have the four milligrams and the eight milligrams completely tobacco free 100 nicotine so again go check out lucy.co forward slash stadium you'll get 20 percent off of your order here comes fine print lucy products are only for adults of legal age and every order is age verified warning this product does contain nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical Fantastic. all right uh dan Glockner said he looked for Jumpman facial and head tattoos. They exist. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Oh, bro, bro. There's no way. The stuff that people are tattooing on themselves right now, like there's no way someone doesn't have a Jumpman logo. Somebody's got one. Uh, No doubt somebody's got one. Bro, Takashi's got 69 tattooed all over his body. Someone definitely I don't know if I want to use him. The quality of life they're probably living is is, is not high. Quality quality of life is probably low. Erroneous. That was neither here nor there in my argument. Shout out to my guy Prince Waters in the in the uh in the, in the comment section hanging out with us. His son just got an offer from University of Florida this week, Jalen Waters. So shout out, shout out to that man. Congratulations, bro. That's a that's a dream for a lot of Gator fans if your son to get an offer from the University of Florida, man. So shout out to Prince Waters and Jalen Waters. Appreciate y'all hanging out. Hit the like button while you're here. I remember uh, on on that note, I remember my dad. I thought way, way higher of myself than uh, college coaches did. Uh, but I remember telling my dad, like, hey, what if FSU wants to give me a full ride for baseball? He goes, good, because I wasn't going to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> dad graduated Florida in 79. Um, but, yeah, that's got to be super cool to have uh, you grow up a fan of a school and to have your son or daughter, you know, whatever, whatever the sport, uh, earn a scholarship offer. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen, we got uh, we got some news uh, to go over here, uh, I guess the the one piece of of news that we can talk about is the Gators got a commitment from Clay Millen, uh, the transfer quarterback from Colorado State. 
Uh, so you add him to DJ Lagway, Graham Mertz, a uh, couple of preferred walk-ons that are on the program. What are y'all's thoughts on uh, – oh, yeah, and they got the Yale preferred walk-on too. So um, I know we said that the Gators needed a quarterback. You guys uh, like to take? Love it. Um, well, the kid, the kid from Colorado State um, – Blanking on his name right now, Clay. Oh, uh, I know he went on scholarship, right? Um, but yeah, like you're you're recruiting for quarterback three. Yeah, yeah, so like, dude. He was a freshman All American as uh, two years ago. Not bad. Sure. It's you, not you bad, need, Nick. Yes. <laughs> if 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 Clay's like if Clay's taking significant snaps in twenty four, you're not in a good place. No, of course not. But he's still a four star. You have two injuries. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. You 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 filled you filled the room out with with I think a PWO and a scholarship guy. That's good. You had to do that. But like I'm not, I'm not throwing a parade. I mean, I'm throwing a parade for QB three. Like you want yeah. like the, the as best competition you can at every spot on the depth chart as you as you could possibly get, and we were put in a in a in a difficult spot. And I thought we were just going to bring in FCS-style yeah. quarterbacks because who wants to come into that room when you know this year is is likely Mertz and mm-hmm. the future is is DJ Lagway. So considering those, man, you got a guy to come in with, uh, you know, pr- prior experience, uh, evaluate as a four-star in the recruiting process coming out of high school, uh, coming here to, to ride the bench. You know, he's coming here for a degree, and maybe after he get that degree, he could transfer and, and possibly play somewhere else. But – um, you just want the best, the most competition in absolutely every room, and and we got a lot more other positions to to fill out the depth chart with the same yeah. level of competition. But I'm I'm not mad at it at all. I actually, I actually think it was a good get um, mm-hmm. for our QB. This will be this will be his third school as well. I think he yeah. began began in Nevada with Nevada. Nevada. Um, right. so. Like you said, until people uh, start saying that Kellen DeBoer has been at five schools and or four schools in five years, then you know I, I just I don't love the idea. Hey, whatever, the kids got to go to three schools, go to four schools, go to five schools. On coaches can do it. Um, you know, I, I used to be like, man, I really wish that they would stay, but what's the reason these coaches can leave whenever they want? Players should be able to leave whenever they want. Yes, facts. Yeah, it's not my education, right? It's not my college credits, right? Like. I would want to go and hopefully graduate or do whatever. Um, but like, I don't care that these kids are, are transferring. I don't care if Clay Millen next year decides to transfer somewhere else after that. Right. It's, it's your life. It's yeah. your opportunity. And if somebody's going to give you that opportunity then go and go do it, Nick, I wasn't trying to climb, you know, no, rain no, no. on your parade of you saying that, but um, I've heard a lot of people criticize all of these players for transferring all the time. And then I see the head coach of the University of Alabama on his fourth school in five years, and nobody says anything yeah. about that, right? It's, oh, wow, look at how fast his stock's risen. It's like, wow, you had a kid from Nevada who's now at the University of Florida. Like, that's pretty cool in terms of watching his career grow and the opportunity that he has now, right? So I don't know, but I digress. It, um, and I was very vocal about that, too, when it came to Transfer Portal. Um, I thought it was like – it, now everything has come to light, but like when Jay Bateman left the day after signing day, um, like just to like be transparent about like being a journalist. If I'm, mm-hmm. if Scott Strickland 
let's say this, let's say Billy Napier or Scott Strickland calls me and they say, Hey, uh, day after signing day, Travis Robinson uh, is going to be at Florida. He's going to be the next DB coach. I'm thinking, okay, I don't need to check that. I'm just going to run that story. Um, so it clearly Texas A&M wanted that news out. Um, but that used to be a way dirtier business. Like before the transfer portal was a thing, it was common. The week after signing day, you would see a flurry of coaches going somewhere else and kids had no recourse, um, right. had no way to go. You're just stuck. So like, I'm not, I'm, I'm pro transfer portal. Yeah. I think the kids should be able Likewise. to move the coaches. Yeah. The coaches are able to move. I'm pro NIL. Um, I think it's, I think it's crazy. I think we need to get to, I think what's crazy is you've got multimillionaire coaches <clears throat> and I ran into like a little backlash on Twitter on this last week. And I, I, maybe I'll clarify it here. Um, I think it's crazy that like Billy Napier who makes 8 million a year, uh, Nick Saban, who was making 15 have to ask everyday people who are fans, Hey, can you give money? Cause I, I'm going to get fired if I don't, if I, if I don't buy the right players or if I can't, Whatever. if I don't have enough That's money, <clears throat> I think and Scott Strickland's talked about this. I think you need to get to a place where these schools can directly fund NIL and the, and the coaches can directly fund NIL. There's so well, much money. Here's the thing. I think the school can indirectly, right? Like, Take for instance, university of Florida, we're building a new stadium. We are doing, like the facilities and all of that you could easily tell the fans to redirect or the boosters to redirect that money into a different the nil department or the collectives whatever it may be to help recruiting out but to be to take that responsibility and put it on the fans i think is insane uh, while i do believe in nil the players should be getting paid the players should have some type of power and say so on where they're going because these coaches could pick up and leave and, and and it's also empowering a lot of communities and families. I think like we 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 tell these kids what they value should or they should be happy with just a scholarship or getting paid this or that. When, bro, they're the the lifeblood for a billion dollar industry. They should not be getting the small share in the peanuts of mm -hmm. of all of this. The celebrities and the stars in this game is the coaches. They're getting paid insane amount of money to get fired. Like mm -hmm. when lose <laughs> a draw, they're getting paid a lot of money to do a shitty job or we're recycling the same coaches between the same colleges right so i think like the bias of it all the, the hypocrisy of it all is insane like these some of these fans are mad at these kids for making business decisions uh when that's all everybody else is doing from the colleges to the mm -hmm. tv companies to the conferences everybody's making business decisions but when the players make business decisions like no you should be playing for the logo in the orange and blue <laughs> like are you insane that don't pay my bills or put my family in a better situation. That's what everybody around this business is doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it's interesting because so like everyone was saying, like when Evan before Evan Stewart committed to Oregon, um, everyone's like, Oh, he's gonna get a bag, he's gonna get a bag. And I'm like, Evan Stewart has like three million TikTok followers and does sponsorship deals with major brands because they want his platform. That's what NIL is supposed to be. They want the platform that his name, image, and likeness have created on TikTok, the brands want a piece of that. That's what name, image, and likeness should be, not like the collectives doing spaces. Like that's just being it's paid. paid. I think he's pay for play and they're acting like it's not. Yeah. Like, everybody involved, the programs, the collectives, it's yep. pay for play. 
On mm-hmm. signing day and all this negotiating is going down, there isn't no Nike company or Gatorade saying, hey, I'll give you this and it's marketing yeah. deal. No, they're negotiating salaries, bro. This is pay yep. for play. Let's stop the yep. shenanigans. And, and I'm not mad at it, but that's what it is. And to ask fans to come pay for this stuff, I think is insane. I got to put my own kids through college. I'm You're not putting college You're football players through college. You're on semester contracts with with collectives, whether it's at Florida, Ole Miss, Texas, Alabama, um, and then you'll renegotiate every semester what your yep. what your contract is. But that that's the reality of what. And it is. remember that negotiation goes two ways, right? So, right, right. Um, you know, it's and also it's, the collect the collectives don't want these long deals either because if right. you stink, they don't want to be giving you a million dollars a year if you don't pan out. So mm-hmm. it's like we all just put all the pressure on the players. Or like, why do they get to renegotiate in free agency every offseason? Because the collectors don't want it either because they've given out some checks. And like, yo, you know what? You're probably not worth this amount of money. Let's renegotiate or you enter the portal. It's all business. Both sides don't want long-term contracts because it's a short-term situation. Yeah. College football's three, four years normally. I know we got the seven-year COVID shenanigans going on, but <laughs> normally it's a three, four-year thing. You can't. It's impossible to set up long-term contracts. And yeah. until they unionize and the players have rights through the NCAA on a universal situation, then no, this is what it is. Um, like you said, scholarships aren't a four-year thing. They, they haven't been. It's been a fairy tale. It's a year-by-year basis. Players get forced out, forced to transfer, all of that, all these years. Now it's a problem when the players got a little power. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's even right now. The power is, is in both hands. It's up to... If the NCAA and college football, these universities wanted this to be a little bit more stable, they can do that. I don't mm-hmm. think they want it to be. Yeah. And and it's I I want to say NIL, I think has been awesome. Um, I know it's made a difference for some of the baseball players that I've talked to. Because mm-hmm. baseball players, you know, people might say, like, oh, this it's a rich sport, these guys are fine. Nobody on the baseball field has a full scholarship. Um, you have to have, if you're on scholarship, you have to have 25%, uh, but they have a bunch of kids from out of state. So then tuition's now 15, $20,000 right. a semester. You're only getting a quarter of that. You still have to live and eat. And it, it's made a difference in, and I mean, I'm sure it's made a difference in football players lives, but for the girls on the gymnastics team, the girls running mm-hmm. track, Parker Valby's had mm-hmm. an unbelievable opportunities because of the platform that she has. Yeah. Anna um, Hall had one too. Anna Hall as well. So. It was just never not going to be pay for play in football. Like it, it, yeah. we, when you when you did it, you helped a bunch of other student athletes. You, you helped a bunch of f- football student athletes, but it was never always going to be above table. Like you're not, mm. you're going to, you've been doing it under the table since the '60s, '70s. When did SMU get the death penalty in the '80s? Yeah, guys have been getting, you know, Nick Saban Dodge Chargers for decades. Um, and now you're like hey you can actually pay them legit now and use this tax write-off and you're like what i get a tax write-off for buying my team now they they still do that they still do the handshakes nick you know they still do the hundred dollar handshakes uh all the under the table stuff stuff is still there people are like oh wow now it's all above board i'm like no it's both now right now you have to pay them under the table and you have to pay them your nil collective that's fact they're only telling um but uh, but that's that's where we're uh, that's where we're at, guys. Um, so Clay Mellon uh, is coming over. Uh, Bro, Richie, we were, we were just talking about 
a Colorado State quarterback and went on like a 30 minute NIL. Yeah, and that's what I love. You know, all, you know all, what I mean? All important, all necessary. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. yeah. This bad. is this is how we uh we play this game. Uh Gators also grab uh, a commitment um uh, from Josiah Abdullah from uh, Atlanta Woodward Academy has three star does have offers from Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, Michigan, Texas, Texas A&M, Florida state and Ole Miss. Uh, so, uh, a four star, I think on rivals, three star everywhere else. Um, five eleven. um, you know, fine prospect. You know, I think that he's a guy that you're going to probably see go up in the rankings uh, over the next couple of months and couple of years. Uh, but uh, number 411 overall player in the country, number 63 wide receiver and number 43rd or 43, 43rd best player. Geez, I can talk this morning. 43rd <laughs> best player in the state of Georgia, uh, five foot 10, five foot 11, 175 pounds. Uh, any thoughts on Josiah Abdullah? It's hard for me to get excited about any commits, you know, these in January. Minutes. Yeah, until yeah, next because, December. Yeah, the real recruiting starts and negotiating starts in November, December of uh, before signing day. But I, I like his offer sheet. Uh, don't flip out over three stars in January. There's a lot of more, a lot, a, a lot of evaluation still to go down. Mm -hmm. um, but just looking at his speed on film, do like it. Would like some more size at the wide receiver position, man. Mm -hmm. uh, another five eleven guy that's a speedster. Um, Billy G last in here with Mullen. It's like he got the bigger guys that were like, uh, you know, Trees. possession receivers. Yeah. And now we're like got a lot of speedy guys that are around five, from five nine to five eleven. So we'd like to see more size in this recruiting class. Um, but overall, not mad at the get at all. I think it's a good get. I think his evaluation, his ranking is going to go up as as the uh, evaluation period uh, goes out in the spring and people start getting more fan, more workouts, more camps, 707, mm -hmm. et cetera. Yeah, he um, was kind of a surprise commitment. Uh, a lot of folks had him pegged going to Tennessee. Uh, Florida State was in, uh, in the mix for him as well. So um, surprise got Nick. Any thoughts on Mr. Abdullah? Yeah, uh, listen, man, I'm I'm still covering the team. I'm trying to figure out how they're going to finish in the transfer portal, kind of like Silk. Like, I right. don't really know too much about a 25 yeah. uh, receiver in January. Um, I think you need a receiver that can help you in 24. Uh, That's still. facts. That's um, facts. Had the um, – what was his name? Rogers, Bryson Rogers had him on campus. I think he shot that tweet off like still in the state of Florida that he was coming back yeah. to Ohio State. I think you still need another receiver for 24. Yeah. Um, good to yeah, get good let's to get talk you only about have, it. You only hey, guys, have two. I mean, let's talk about it, right? So yeah. Gators lost out on probably the three biggest targets that they were going after. Yeah. Yam Banks, South Alabama goes to Ole Miss. Um, mm. Daniels from Liberty goes to LSU. Uh, and Cassius Powell goes from Bowling Green to Texas A&M, right? So those are the three everybody was excited about. Gators don't get any of them. Start with start with Yam. Like, he's a, he's a Mississippi kid. Like, it's hard yeah. to get Mississippi guys out of Mississippi. Uh, I think Florida was in a good spot until Portal God Lane called and was like, hey, man, why don't you just come on home? Um, and, and I think Ole Miss might even have a better roster. So he gets to go home. And might have a better roster. Well, yeah, he's got a pretty good roster. Yeah, like Lane's Lane's batting with a big with a, with a, with a good stick, but out of the portal and going to the twenty four season. Uh, but back to the receiver thing, like we we do need 
uh, uh, wide receiver one or uh, going into, and we still have that opportunity. I think a lot of fans wanted Isaiah Bond. This wasn't that wasn't even an opportunity. You know, he mm-hmm. went into the portal with Texas as the landing yeah. spot, like off 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 rip. Uh, we missed out on uh, the Rogers kid coming from Ohio State. He ended up going back to Ohio State, mm-hmm. uh, which was he, he pretty much flipped back on the visit and, and solidified yeah. his his spot with Ohio State. Uh, wasn't high on him. I want production out of the yeah. out of my wide receiver transfers. I'm forgetting the other guy that ended up going to LSU. The transfer Daniels, from Liberty. CJ Daniels. CJ Daniels. He goes to uh, LSU. Uh, huge miss. We do need a wide receiver one. I think mm-hmm. Merce has shown that he he deserves like weapons, protection as well. Offensive line. I think we got to sure that up because like we were talking about the 25 uh, commit. Like Billy got to go win some games to keep this job this fall. Mm-hmm. And I don't know right now if we've made the acquisitions to, to to for him to keep that job. I don't know if we've improved. Well, I don't. I do know. I don't think we have made the the acquisitions for us to have a better season than we had last fall. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the way we recruited. I do think they got some guys in the pipeline. I'm not pressing the panic button at defensive line and edge rusher. I do like that we brought in Slackman um, at defensive tackle. So uh, I'm a little higher on that. And, and Pup Howard coming in at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, do like that, but have we made the moves that our schedule? You look at the schedule and, and the teams on our schedule are making big acquisitions in the portal, and I don't think we've upgraded our roster to survive. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think so. I think when you look at results out and results in, uh, we'll see. Right, and there could be some surprises. Graham Mertz was certainly a, a big surprise for us last year, uh, but uh, just looking at net out and net in. I'm not sure uh, that Florida's in a great spot right now. However, you know, Florida did host a couple of uh, DBs this past weekend uh, or will be hosting them, one from Texas and one from Washington. I think there'll be a few other folks that enter the portal and you go and you try to get some of those guys, right? Um, You know, does a DeAndre Robinson circle back to Florida now? Uh, Does he leave the Texas NLI and come to Florida? Maybe that helps bolster that room a little bit. But who knows, right? Could he go and follow him to LSU, right? Um, Jamie French, don't think the floor is going to get him, but he decommits from Alabama. Um, he's over in Jacksonville, right? He comes to Florida. I won't say anything negative about Jacksonville for a month. That would be cool. Um, but I don't think the floor is going to get him, don't right? Make, so then you start to look at all these pieces you and you're just like, man, in. say what? Don't make promises you can't keep. One month is a long time. I'd say let's There's go a long two, time. Time. That's a scratch. two shows. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so, but, you know, Florida is not landing the players that they need to to be able to get over that hump. Just, it's, we'll see. Let me, but, pull, let me, let me pull these up. Like DeAndre Robinson, that he, I mean, he's, I think he's a really, really good player. Um, I'm pulling up Florida's. So, like last yeah, year, he's still, I, he's still a freshman. So the, the expectations yeah. can't be that much, yeah. aren't right. super high. Right. But right. those are the kind of players that you need, right? To build off. Yeah. Of. So let's go. Billy's first. Transfer portal class, obviously, it's going to be swayed because you had uh, the UL guys um, and you yeah. had an All American. Um, but the you, know, you get Ricky Pearsall in that class. Um, mm-hmm. Also, last year I think was just super hit or miss. Like you get Lindell Hudson, R.J. Moten. Um, you've got a bunch Graham of guys Mertz. you didn't get production from. We'll get to Graham, but mm-hmm. even when you got Graham Mertz, like Damian George, you got a starter. Um, but someone I think is going to get kicked inside because you're trying to 
upgrade that position already. Um, Cam Carroll might have been a player until he got hurt. Mike Mazuka was a starter. Um, like last year was just like extremely, extremely hit or miss. You also have a gigantic question mark about Keontae Goodwin. We don't know what he would have been. But I think just judging the transfer portal guys just based on how they're ranked, um, and we're star chasing. And it's kind of like, hey, it's still recruiting. So it's kind of like high school recruiting. But like no one thought Graham Mertz, including myself, was going to be any good. Um, and now, like I, I did a story last week, like I think Graham Mertz is probably top four quarterbacks in terms of what Florida will face next year at quarterback. Uh, Got to redo that story to add Cam Ward back into it. Um, but like, we don't, we don't know. And, and sometimes a guy goes to a, just a different environment, different coaching. You, you're maybe you're being told the exact same things you were at your last school, but they just hit differently because you're a year older. Or it's a new environment mm-hmm. or they're being said slightly differently and it connects. So, I think Florida has had a lot of success in the transfer portal. The last class for me was just massive swing and miss or, or home run, which might just be how the transfer portal is. You got to get difference makers, man. I think you're not going to yeah. the portal for deaf pieces, depth pieces. And if you are, <laughs> and if you are, you're just not doing this thing right. Um, yeah. Even like from a, a depth perspective, like Richard Leonard was was rumorly uh, leaving and, and exploring his option because of NIL. Um, we got to look at – and then he goes to a rivalry, a rival program that may pay him or, or paying him money to come play there. And it's like – I know we're saying, well, Richard Leonard, we can – he didn't do all that good, but who do we have coming in to replace him? You know, like – if, if if we're saying that he's not worth the money, then and then another program pays him, then how serious are we financially? Mm-hmm. Like this is nil stuff, and this ain't stuff that the, the staff can absolutely pay for. It's got to come from collectives and all that stuff. But we're not paying guys, and we think oh they don't deserve that money, but another school thinks they do and, and pay them. Then how serious are we with, with trying to fill out an entire depth chart? Mm-hmm. How competitive are we nil wise with with keeping talent on board? You feel me? So, and then it it, it turns into a thing because we're not competing for championships, right? So it turns into like you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. No Jacksonville slander, but it turns. I'm a Jaguar fan, but in free agency we have to pay more because we're not winning and we're in Jacksonville. Like that's just what it <laughs> is, man. And it and that's what. Let's I, do some financial literacy with these. Let's do some financial literacy with these guys, though. Like, hey, man, you want to go? To USC, they might be paying you more, but you're paying them California taxes. You want to come here to Florida, we got no right. state income tax on the NIL money. Right. Um, Richie Leonard, I thought, was very good for what I think he is as a player. He was PFF has him ranked as Florida's 10th best pass blocker among offensive linemen, um, wow. and the 7th best run blocker among offensive linemen. And there's guys like Najee Harris who are rated ahead of him but didn't have the same number of snaps. And you could argue, right. like, hey, if you had more snaps, your grade might go down. Um, I think Richie Leonard was very good for what he was. Some people um, from the FSU side were asking me, like, hey, what happened here? I was like, I don't know. I thought that surprising to me. Um, I don't know that Florida misses him terribly, but it's a guy that I think I would have plugged in uh, for spring for spring camp as mm-hmm. the starting right guard. And then yeah, he but like- the younger guy. You keep, yeah. you keep Richie on, and then he pushes Najee Harris, right, to, yeah. to want to get that. Now Najee Harris or whoever just gifted the starting spot. There's no competition. 
You got to be able to pay, keep guys on just to keep the competition pure. If not, the next guy is just up just because somebody transferred out and nobody's winning jobs because of competition. And and it could be a situation if it's NIL, like the collective, you could be negotiating with the player's agent as the collective and the collective goes to the coaching (laughs) staff and says, hey, player X was making 10,000 a semester. He wants 15 now. Do you want us to sign off on that? And the coach goes, no, right. It's because we're talking about business now. It's like, Hey, listen, I think I'm worth this. And when you come to your boss and you say, Hey, I think Mm -hmm. I'm worth this. Your boss might say, you know what? You are worth that raise. Here you go. Mm -hmm. He might say, that's good that you think that you should go find it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? It's like, it only takes one school to pay you that. and only takes one person to tell you what you think you deserve. And the open market will tell you, Hey, you are worth that or you're not worth that. And so we just talked about it 40 minutes ago. Business decisions are made. These are these kids' opportunity and their choices. They probably have semester-long scholarship opportunities to prove that they're worth that money and that opportunity as well. And then if it doesn't work out, you'll see them enter the transfer portal again. But, um, you know, the offensive line, nobody, in my opinion, uh, performed well enough to get a a merit raise uh, salary increase. From last when year to this team, year. <laughs> when a team that has performed better than you in Florida State decides that, yeah, he's worth that money, it looks nuts. And I'm not saying that Richie Lennon was an all-pro, all-SEC, mm-hmm. any of that. But when when you look at it on paper, like when and that other program is acquiring a lot of talent out of the portal. So mm-hmm. it, it, And they have done well out of the portal. They're not making a lot of, like, just fluff uh, gets. So it, it looks crazy on paper, and it's like, you got a question, like, as far as, like, retaining talent, like, what are we doing? Because um, it's one thing you're saying he stinks, but he started. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying – I don't know what went into making – I'm not saying you guys. Career. I'm oh, just saying, yeah, like, yeah. the comments that people are saying like, that he, he stinked and he wasn't good. And I'm not saying that he that he was great or not great, mm. but he started above the guy that's behind him. And the guy that, that's getting the job now, like, who's his competition? Who's he mm. competing with now? He just gifted a job. He didn't beat Richie out. At no point in time. So um the guy our starting guy is going to a rivalry team. They may start there and we're getting his backup that didn't win the job. He was gifted the job. And you're not you're not creating no type of culture if you're not winning jobs by competition. That's what this is about. You know, like we were just talking about the quarterback room and filling out that depth chart of four guys that can go compete and push each other in practice. If you don't have that at absolutely every position, then you're kidding yourself, man. You're just playing Pop Warner football, and the next guy gets a job because the older guy went to 12U, and you're the next guy up. Most snaps on the team, on the offensive line. All right. Oh, uh, rich. That's big rich. Big rich. Big rich <laughs> coming in. Um, let's give a quick shout out to our rich. friends over at Home Field Most snaps on the offensive line. Ricky Pearsall led the team in snaps. But Richie Leonard right. was consistent consistent um let's give a shout out to our friends over at home field apparel go visit them homefieldapparel.com promo code stadium gal check out 15 percent off of your order best vintage clothing in the game right now so again homefieldapparel.com promo code stadium and gale 15 percent off of your order uh, and one time for alumni hall go visit alumni hall on archer road right off of i-75 there or visit them at alumnihall.com. Anything that you would want to get for your Florida Gators friend or family member, go visit Alumni Hall. Uh, T-shirts, apparel, uh, barbecue, tailgate supplies, uh, Christmas ornaments, um, a Monopoly game that's called Gatoropoly, whatever you might want. 
go check out alumnihall.com. Can you buy the town? Can I buy the spot? No, 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 no. Alumni Hall is right off of I-75 on Archer Road near the Chick-fil-A that has three drive throughs No, like you said the Gator Monopoly. I thought it was maybe like they had like you know, oh, yeah, yeah, cantina yeah, yeah. on the board. Yeah, know? I don't know <laughs> what is on there. Uh, but instead of Park Place, they have like Stadium Avenue. Yeah, yeah, that type of that type and Gail of Emery, and maybe it's still north south, who knows? But uh go check them out. Support our sponsors, help support the show. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Nick, baseball starts soon. Yeah, I think the uh I think the boys get back out there uh this week in terms of like so they they whenever they're on campus, they're doing hitting, um, pitching, throwing, stuff like that, obviously working out. Um, but I think like organized practices begin this week. So uh, a lot of guys, I'm all the uh like preseason rankings and stuff are coming out. Um should be another good year. It's always a good year for baseball. Uh, I think like the worst year baseball's had was my first year here in 13 when they didn't host a regional and had to go mm. out to Indiana. Uh, then there was 2018 or 2019 when I had to go out to Lubbock, Texas. Let you know this bro. right now. Oh no easy way to get to Lubbock, Texas. No, bro. And it smells like cow poop. Yeah. I did, I did not have that experience. Oh, the Plains? Oh, you didn't have that? Oh, man. I did not. It does not smell good. I've been to Lubbock. Um, asked for a restaurant recommendation. Got recommended the local Chili's. Um, knew <laughs> from there my that experience right was going to go down. Yeah, but baseball should be good. I mean, uh, you got my dog, Jack Tani, uh, back at it. Um, a freshman I'm really, what really excited about. Face? Yo, look at this. What happened to dance face this is what I was born with. I know. I'm <laughs> you know? Um, you got my boy Jack Tani coming back. (laughs) You got three All Americans, Colby Shelton. Um, so it should be a good team. Uh, freshman name that I really, really like is Liam Peterson, right handed pitcher. Question, man, right in the middle. No, you know what happened to Dan's face? What I don't know what's wrong with my face. Mike, 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 just no respect, no respect for the last five minutes of the show with baseball talk, just taking shots at Dan. Just taking yeah, shots at Dan. Dan. Yeah. Trying to uh, trying to talk about a little stick yeah, ball over here. Poor Dan. And, and Dan's catching. I don't even know if that's straight. straight. I don't even know if that's a stray. That was a sniper. That was a sniper, right? That guy you. had a ghillie Jeez. suit on top on top of oh, the stadium man. aiming at you. What happened to Dan's good. face? Jeez. Um shout out Santiago Garcia. Ecuador. Ecuador in the house. Love that. And then Blaine Minton. About 90 miles from Lubbock. Brother, there is no West. easy way to get to Lubbock. I tried. I tried. No. I was like, can I fly into Phoenix, Scottsdale, Oklahoma City? I ended up flying into like Dallas. Can I fly into Scottsdale, Nick? Arizona? Yeah, like uh, two <laughs> states away. That's That was the first city you thought Fe- of? Maybe it was Phoenix? No, well, Phoenix. well Phoenix, was- you wouldn't fly into Scottsdale. You don't have the... Uh, the DJ Lagway private plane, uh, but you would fly into Phoenix. But the idea that you That's looked at Lubbock, Texas, and didn't immediately think, hey, maybe there's an airport in El Paso. <laughs> maybe there's one in Lubbock, potentially one oh, in Albuquerque. I, was thinking, I, was, I just had to pull this up. I was thinking Albuquerque. Okay. And Nick's like, you know what? Oh, yeah. Man. I can see Nick that. flying back from, uh, you know, Kentucky. Flying back every, to Gainesville. He's like, you know every, what? Everything was, everything was like Louisiana. Every- see if there's a flight there. <laughs> Every major airport was like four a four hour drive. 
Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the middle of nowhere and it's and, and there's, um, and there's nothing on the drive. No, it's middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Um, we've gotten this a couple of questions, JP through the money. Um, any inside news on corn or an mm. offensive coordinator hire at all? Hell, any new coaching hires on the way? We did not talk about Ron Roberts in today's discussion, which is really gone all over the place. I'll be honest with you. Um, we didn't talk about Ron Roberts. So we expect an announcement in the next day or so uh, of former Auburn defensive coordinator Ron Roberts joining as, was it, executive head coach of the defense? Inside linebacker, uh, linebackers coach, co-defensive coordinator. Do we know what an executive head coach of the defense is, Nick? Brother, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. Uh, honestly, I think they're going to officially announce in the next day or so, like Dan said. Okay. But like these these names and titles, this is just for money. Like I was like, I, it, it's funny because I think when we first started seeing the army being built. Um, I was like, damn, they might hire me to be the uh, minister of punting propaganda. Like that might be an actual real title. Yeah, like the way the like way that we're just got a ring the word, the word salad that has become these like job titles, um, game changer coordinator, like the the minister of punting propaganda. Come on, might don't be, act like game. They haven't game changed a lot, Nick. Yeah, sure, for sure. Yeah, um, but. Think, I think I might have a job. It might be a six-figure salary to be the minister yeah. of painting propaganda. Um, and so do you want to then uh, address offensive coordinator? Or are you going to give the company line that Florida does not have an, a position open? Company line, baby. Um, I did send I did send FOIA requests for all of the uh, coaching contracts. So That's Freedom we'll of Information Act. So yep, Freedom of Information Act. So Nick is trying to figure out – uh, when who has contracts, who contracts needs might potentially end at the end of January, uh, what might be happening there. Uh, you're starting so. to see numerous changes happen in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I've been told to potentially look out for some of the people that are connected to the University of Florida to maybe explore some of the opportunities uh, in the NFL. Uh, so we will uh, we will see what happens there. What. But uh, go ahead. Tell you what, we ain't got an offense a coordinator. I'm not saying offense. I know everybody. But what offense really wasn't the problem. <laughs> well, I know y'all gonna say that, but it's just from like watching the landscape. It ain't about what was the problem. Was it, you know, uh, uh, good enough or for us to lean on at times? And it just wasn't, bro. And we can't. We know our defense was horrid. Uh, and are we trying to upgrade? Like things that aren't in the problem. That don't mean are we trying to get better at it. We only bring in an offensive coordinator, bro. Like, just vibe. Like, I don't like people would be on here thinking we sunshine pumpers. No, we ain't pumping no sunshine. We telling y'all that like I've been pumping changes. sun. I've been pumping sunshine for years. Years. Like, it's like it, what, one thing. I'm just not gonna lose my mind over any of this, right? Uh, like we just keep it playing. If there's no offensive coordinator, my perspective is like I'm not expecting anything to change. I'm not gonna be on here fire Billy. Uh, candy's ass and, and all the extra stuff like that's just like that that's not me i'm gonna chill but if you're not making certain changes at offensive line like i don't expect the recruiting to change that offensive line if we're not making a portal additions to to have a better season then that's just what it is i'm not gonna go into the fall expecting a miracle when no changes have been made uh, i'm just gonna sit back let the season play out cover it not mm -hmm. get emotional about it not get up and down about it because i didn't see any changes to warrant me to have a change of mind about what to expect this fall. So 
we just vibe. We're not pumping sunshine. We're just not losing our mind. Like we got a mm. grip on life a little bit over here. Um, Chris Sorley had a I'm comment alive, like, and cheer for whoever in orange and blue. I'm gonna show up to game one versus Miami and, and, and expect to win in that fashion because I'm just from a f- fan standpoint. But when it's time for me to do content and cover this team, I'm not gonna be losing my mind and, and, and getting on my soapbox about firing people and all of that because these mm. people have jobs and families and all that as well. So, um, we're just gonna vibe, man. When it's time to look for a new coach, that's the most exciting time and get the clicks and shit. So yeah, we with it either way. Yep. We're just here to watch and cheer, right? Uh that's give it. our opinions. Um that's it. A lot that goes into it. Uh we determined Army Sniper was Chris Sorley, right? Is that I what believe, he I believe I believe our chat determined that. Yeah, I think he said it. Uh, Ron Roberts hires like putting a dollar general band-aid on a bullet wound. I think Ron, Ron Roberts, Roberts is a really good coach. I do too. Yeah, I like Ron Roberts. I don't like what's, that take. What's interesting for me though is Ron Roberts. Ron Roberts should hit the ground running because Austin Armstrong is a Ron Roberts disciple, a Ron Roberts pupil, as was Patrick Tony. This is a version of his defense. Now, Ron right. Roberts is how old? They're 50 something. Ron Roberts is fifty-six making money years of anything. age. Everybody always bring up people's money. Like they could take, they could talk trash about people because they make money. Like no, no. <laughs> mindset is crazy. They make money. What do you mean? You could disrespect them. Like that makes no sense. I do like the Ron Roberts uh, uh hire. I think that's a good hire. I don't. Um, what do you think? Do you think he's a guy that's actually calling the defense now? Like we so that, talk about that's my that. that's my thing. So yeah. he's he's the you know he's Mister Miyagi. Uh, you know, in, in a sense, he's the teacher and now you're getting a job and you've got some crazy title, uh, executive director of minister of chaos and defense for the special teams in fourth unit, like whatever your title is, but are you calling the defense? What does the executive mean? Are you cool with playing second fiddle to one of your former students who's 26 years younger than you? What is the dynamic? I think while he comes in and he has, uh, he can help you right away because I think he's a great coach uh, and he knows the system because it's his system. But is there an ego? Oh, I think all of these guys have egos. And, and what happens when you're getting into situations where who's going to call the defense? Who's going to call a play? Are we getting hurt feelings if it is Austin Armstrong or if it isn't Austin Armstrong? I just think there's a weird potential power dynamic y'all leave dan's face alone <laughs> so, what did i do am i that bro, leave dan's face alone bro i was oh, cooking man. there i was cooking there and then dan's face came back up i, I think Shit. it's gonna be I, 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 i'm interested to know who who called he cut, he cut the camera <laughs> Oh man! Sorry, go ahead. That 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 to me is, is something. So like, I like the hire from the outside. Um, I'm just trying to bring up different points. And do you have a a ego <laughs> clash because it's teacher coach and now the the or teacher student and now the oh, student man. is is in charge or does Ron Roberts take over? Um, I I have asked Florida to make all of the new coaches available so we can ask them these sorts of questions. Yeah, yes, I don't sir. think they will. Um, yeah, it would be nice. The young Bateman was uh, offended by the young boy Armstrong getting the job with him having prior defensive coordinator experience, and then you bring in uh, Armstrong, a younger guy, to like. Do you think 
it could have been like because it's weird the way all this went down this is me just like a little conjecture and just just having fun a little bit but the way it all went down the way they left the way spencer went they went to texas a and m and they went like you know head to head with us trying to snatch some of our guys it seems like there was some some bitterness with a guy like armstrong being so young to come in and coach older guys like bateman with prior a defensive coordinator experience you would think that he would probably get a look at that spot as well um, and I'm just worrying about that whole dynamic, even with now, like having somebody 29 year, years old coaching 50, 60 year old men, being the boss of 50, 60 year old men is a dynamic that's you, you got to like look at. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so, but um, I have a lot of respect for the way Jay Bateman um, kind of handled himself. And, and I wasn't down on the hire when they brought him in, but I also wasn't, I was probably just myself. I wasn't super down on it, but I also wasn't calling it a home run or the best thing ever. Um, But I I had a lot of respect for the way that he handled himself, especially going to bat for his players, guys that he inherited um, when NFL scouts were in. Um, I don't think he thought that, but like, listen, then you get a chance to actually call the defense. You're going to jump on that. You're going to, you're going to take that opportunity. Yeah, um, I'm curious to see what happens, right, between what Florida does coaching-wise from here on out. Um, I think you have a very bad defense. I think that you go and you make some changes. You um, have some lower-performing position groups. Uh, you make changes there. Are they upgrades in the position? Who knows? You'll you'll never you won't you won't know right now. I think Will Harris is doing a pretty good job of recruiting right now. We'll see how he does as a coach. I think Gerald Chapman is an unknown commodity compared to Sean Spencer, but it doesn't mean that he's a bad coach. Obviously, he's a, a highly or well thought of individual in the profession. And then you go and bring Ron Roberts, who at Baylor, at Louisiana, brought out great defenses, and you bring additional help. So I think, you know, Florida needed to make changes on defense. They've sucked on defense the last two years you go and make those changes and hopefully for the they're for the positive i do agree with silk that florida is going to need to figure out what they're going to do on offense because what they've shown so far is that it's not working good enough it's not bad it's just not good enough and if you're not going to have a great defense and if you're not going to make changes on offense then you're just doing the same thing over and over again and in my opinion you're just not showing that you're interested in making a change. Now, we're not just saying make a sake, uh, make change for the sake of change. We're saying, hey, there's something that is not working, and you have to be able to look and say, hey, where are our faults and where can we go to try to make this better? But we can't just say, hey, let's just run it back with the same crew that wasn't able to, to get you to where you wanted to be. I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I struggle with that. I was special teams coach. I was, yeah. Right? Like, it's just, <laughs> before we go, before be, we right? go. Before we go there, so ninth scoring offense, eighth rushing offense, uh, seventh passing, and sixth total offense in the SEC. So it's like mm. you're you're middling. You're just yeah. in the middling. But also uh, that doesn't include adding OU and Texas. Texas certainly had a better offense, and I would have to look up and, and do mm. OU. Maybe that's a story. Um, I Chris Couch is, is still – on staff uh brandon taylor who's the graduate assistant that works with them uh also still on staff um you're not going to get i don't think at least 
if I had to say right now, gun to my head, Monday, January 15th, I don't think you're going to get an on-field special teams coach. Um, I don't know that you're going to change um, that much. In the middle of the season, I think we talked about it too when it was happening. Um, they made a, a change. Brandon Taylor, who's still just a graduate assistant, um, was handling more of the game day stuff. I think Dan or I, I can't remember who I was telling. No, I was talking to Zach Alberti about it, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, no, you're definitely right about that because I was watching when I was down in the field." So, like, I don't think you're going to get a, a special a change of special teams. <laughs> Just like buy it, buy that mat from Dick Sporting Goods, man. Um, there's there's ten circles on it. You get ten guys to stand on the circles, and then the punter or kicker uh, joins them on the mat. If you have, if you can see a circle, that means you don't have eleven guys. So, but this is my thing, and again, OC, I know you've asked. A lot of people have asked about Willie Corn. There's there's nothing to talk about today. There's not an open position that Florida has today to be able to say Willie Korn is or is not going to be joining the team. We, it's just kind of a moot conversation because we don't know whose spot he would take, right? So even if Florida was talking to him, then we're playing conjecture about who's getting fired, and I just don't think that that's a, a game that we want to play here. I think that's just one of those things that until there's an open spot, you you just have to know that he's not coming until there is a spot. Right. And could those things happen at the same time? But I just, I, I don't want to get, I, I think it's a, a fan narrative about Willie Korn the same way it was about Brennan Marion. Right. These are fan narratives. So don't get upset when things don't happen that were never actually going to happen either. I've got OC news for you. It's going to be Ed Orgeron. And I know that he's a defensive Oops, coach. Is. Uh, and I know oh, that he's a defensive line coach me. specifically, but piggybacking off of Hoop Shiz's original report, uh, Ed Orgeron will be the offensive coordinator at Florida. It would be Dan. shocking to me that, that if, if <laughs> Billy Napier don't try to buy no no fan, you know, like PR, like just good vibes. Like you got to yep. give us a bone or something. Um, and, and I'm not saying he has to, but that's normally in, in college football. In football, period, this is what happens. Like you fire your DC, you fire your OC, you make certain moves. And if he goes and doesn't make any moves on the offense, I think it's going to be very like telling. Um, he's not a lot of perspective. He's not ever going to let the fan base. He straight up. What game was it? Was it after they lost to Arkansas? And I think the columnist for the Gainesville Sun asked him, like, "What would you sell hope to the fan base after this loss?" Like, it's not my job to do that. He's never going to be swayed by what Twitter is telling him. He, he did it a little bit by mentioning that he may possibly give up play calling, though. I think if you tease that, you 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 brought that, you spoke on that. Like we didn't this is something you offered and said that you are considering giving up play calling. And to go in and not do it, that means that the fans' perspective, you don't think there was any uh changes that needed to be made in that perspective. And we all got the eye test. We're all watching the games. We all see the middle eight. We all see the 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 baffling play calls or the triple reverses when there's no need for it. Uh so, like offering that information on, I possibly may consider uh, being, you know, giving up play calling and not doing it. I think that's just a, a, you know, a mistake itself as well. Don't even bring that up mm-hmm. if you're not going to make that move. Like you're just throwing something out there to just, you know, throwing blood in the water to bring the sharks. That was, I can't remember when he said that, but there's no way he just brought it up himself. We've been asking him that 
multiple times to the point where he was getting angry and frustrated that we kept bringing it up. Mm-hmm. And and we're going to keep bringing it up and, and until it changes or the offense comes out and Graham Mertz looks like a million bucks in year two and and Billy, you know, uh, after Florida starts 7-0 and and beach Georgia, you know, walks into his press conference with two middle fingers in the air and go, you like that yeah. play calling? So, like, he's going to continue getting asked about it. He's going to continue getting asked about it until the offense is better or somebody else is calling the plays. What happened to Dan's face? Oh, come on. <laughs> All right, guys, let's, let's get out of here. That's Ooh. definitely the name of the show, bro. That's what happened nuts. to Dan's face? Bro, what happened to Dan's face? Sorry about face. I'm born with it's it. the same face I see every week, bro. Face, yeah. Do I look bad? Hmm. <laughs> No, it's just normal, man. Yeah. This is nuts. Uh, nuts. All right. Uh, let's get out of here. Um, I think it's my song of the week. Um, what should I play? Should I play country music or should I play something sad? Yeah. Some kind of sad boy music for you. This All right. Week. Let's uh, let's play Fred again. Uh, a little EDM. Uh, song's called Leave Me Alone. So we'll play that. Uh, <laughs> it's a great song. Leave me alone. Stop talking, telling me how ugly I am. Um, Man, all right, question. boys. I automatically think you're calling me ugly if you ask me what happened to my face. Yeah. Bro. Hopefully it got like stuck somewhere, right? And like maybe his internet didn't work, but yeah, right now I feel like out. I'm very ugly. So, all right. Um, uh, see you guys, same corner, same time next week. Same corner, same time. Everybody, 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 everybody